Welcome back to the Peaked Too Early podcast, or as we should call it, the Peaked Two Vaccines podcast <laughs> with Oscar and Blake. Uh, we <laughs> both recently got vaccinated uh, fully, uh, so it's high hopes on the Peaked Too Early podcast. Uh, crew, Oscar, how are you feeling? Hello. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm well, thank you. Um, no side effects for me. Um, yeah, I'm really looking, we're going to be reunited in person, uh, for the first time in forever. And, um, I'm going to give you a big hug and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. It is going to be insane. I actually had dinner with three vaccinated friends Ooh, and I had my shot, but it's not been two weeks. Yeah. Um, but just sitting somewhere without, like we took our masks off to eat. Yeah. Uh, and that's the first time I've done anything like that. And it was such a surreal experience. Although, you know, I did it for 21 years before yeah. this. I can't. Started. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So my one of my roommates birthdays is on is tomorrow. So two, he's been vaccinated forever because he's health worker, healthcare worker. And um, uh, my roommate and I, uh, the other roommate and I, four or five days ago, we got the second dose. So we, we can't make like a happy hour drinks for his actual birthday but we're going to do a belated delayed one and i can't wait to do it yeah it does really feel like a corner has been turned on this thing mm. at least in the u.s in the u.s i guess elsewhere across the world yeah. elsewhere it is very sad yeah 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 um talking uh, i don't want to do this segue i was gonna say talking about sad but feels a little inappropriate That's okay. um but another thing that is sad, uh, Oscar, is yeah. your diminishing lead uh, in your prediction table. Looking at the screen uh, here, not good. Yes, you got four correct from this past match week um, mm. or match day, and I got seven. Uh, seven oh. minus four is three, bringing your lead down to plus one. I am in, within touching distance. So uh, are you going to stop uh, using your, your friend now? Or are you still going to use No, No, I, I've made this comeback with my friend. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, yeah, you, you have. I guess it goes to show they know, they know what they're talking about, huh? Interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, if you look at their... Uh, my friend is uh, Mr. Phi, Phi V38. They accurately predict like 80% of That's matches. That's ridiculous. Seriously? Um, yeah. Well, like God. late in the season, Why, yeah. by the end, of, like in the beginning of the season, it's all it's over impossible. Place, but, yeah, yeah. Um, like I wonder wow, what kind of the thing is. Like, even if you bet on it, you're always taking the safe bet, so you would never really make any money. Um, but I wonder if you used it as like a betting accomplice, what you could do. Um, yeah, I guess well, you'd have but, to just yeah bet against someone who is bad at guessing. So like you could use it right, to guess right. against me. <laughs> I guess, I guess. Um, yeah, so, you know, Oscar's lead is diminishing. Um, and yeah, uh, hopefully I can, uh, you know, actually overtake him. Although I'm sure I'll lose my lead the second I get it. Okay, Oscar, let's talk about <laughs> some matches. Let's do it. Um, the first match to talk about, um, I'm just going to quickly run through a few. 
Uh, we saw Ryan Mason's first match in charge of Tottenham. Uh, they won 2-1 over Southampton. Um, just, you know, we could talk about the, the 90, 90th minute pen, but I mean, it's a pen to win it. Nothing really to talk about. Um, right. There was a City Villa 2-1 win for City uh, with a double red card, which is always nice to see. Um, pretty normal match. Um, Would have been cool if Villa had won, but, uh, you know, pretty bog standard. Leicester City dispatched West Brom uh, pretty much, if it wasn't already guaranteed, guaranteeing West Brom's uh, relegation. I think mm-hmm. they technically can still stay up, um, yeah. but... My goodness, it's going to take a lot of help at this point. Uh, and then the first match I actually want to talk to you about is Everton-Arsenal. Um, hmm. This is uh, a 1-0 win for Everton, uh, defined by... Well, it was a horrible match overall. Um, and one that Everton definitely deserved to win. But it was headlined by the burned Leno own goal hmm. um, to give Everton the lead... Maybe a little harsh to call it an own goal. Um, maybe. It, it's pretty dire. Um, yeah. But uh, I just wanted to ask you a few questions about cool. it. Yeah, uh, but full transparency, uh, um, listeners, I, I watched zero football this weekend. Um, so this is really Blake uh, doing the heavy lifting and me responding with probably uninformed opinions. Yes, go ahead, Blake. First, have you seen the own goal? I have seen the own goal, yes. Yes. How bad? On a scale from 0 to 10, 10 being the worst, how, how bad of an own goal is that? Uh, it's one of those where it's like, is it um, colored by the fact that Burn Leno has a Rick, Rick, Rickett, Rick in him um, already? Or, uh, sorry, in the past? Um, seven. I'll go for That's seven. That's fair. What What would you um, say? Six and a half. Six and a half. All right. Six, yeah. seven, somewhere yeah. in there. Um, it's pretty bad in terms of like standard goalkeeping that shouldn't happen to you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Richarlison was, you know, five yards away and smashed it in, and who knows. Yeah. I mean, I think the fact um, that it goes, it, go, it does go between his legs, right? That's always pretty embarrassing. Where, you know, like, remember um, Neuer's attempt at saving, was it that an own goal in the, against PSG when he attempted to save, I can't remember whose shot, and it sort of like went off through two different body parts and like smashed off his face into the net, and it was pretty bad goalkeeping. That's sort of somewhat less like embarrassing just because it doesn't go through his legs, you know? Anyway, sorry. Keep going. You're good. Um, the reaction to this match on Twitter. Uh, so one, pretty embarrassing way to lose. Two, sure. um, the reaction I saw on Twitter, not even from, quote, Twitter Arsenal fans, but like Arsenal fans that I know that are on Twitter. Uh, we're talking about how this is on Arteta um, and how there has to be some serious question asked about how, uh, like, does Arteta stay past this summer? And I just wanted to get your temperature on Arteta as a manager, considering a manager, once upon a time, yeah. you talked about, you know, him being untouchable and 
all this <laughs> yeah, jazz. Yeah. yeah, sure. So I mean, and that's that's proven to be one of my more um well, sort of I guess increasingly ridiculous opinions. Maybe that's a bit harsh. Um on Arteta, so I was actually sort of reflecting on Arsenal as a whole uh, today and thinking about just this idea of the classic top six and how, you know, the traditional top six has Arsenal in it. And I think it's about time that we, and I, I have to sort of make a conscious effort to do this as well, but it's about time that we just shift away from that and replace uh, Leicester with Arsenal in the top six. Arsenal are just, they're genuinely like a mid-table side. And I don't see how their future is going to sort of like turn that around and 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 make them um, be up there contending for even Champions League regularly. I was just, you know, I was thinking as well, Arsene Wenger got them in the Champions League every single season and he was basically ridiculed for it. And it just goes to show that they got way too big for their boots. And, they, you know, and, and it's all gone horribly wrong. On Arteta himself, I still think that, I still think that Arteta is will prove to be a good manager. I think that it's not really his fault, the decisions that are being made over transfers, for example, and also the the players, I guess. I mean, pundits talk about how Tottenham have a rubbish squad. And that, that's like, to me, that's bullshit because I think Tottenham have one of the, probably on paper, the best squads in the Premier League. Arsenal have a terrible squad. They really do. They just, you know, I mean, Aubameyang, we thought that he would be great this season and all indication was that he he would be and he's had a really hard time of it but he's been very poor i mean who else are you looking at in that squad really that's gonna take you forward okay so, uh, um the obvious answer is bakayo saka who's a gem and then smith rowe is, is is coming along pretty nicely but everyone else is pretty bog standard top 10 player replaceable player a, a player that can be improved upon and so, yeah, I think Arteta uh, definitely shouldn't leave in the summer. It'd be a bit silly to sack him, I think. Um, especially if, you know, get to the final of the Europa League. I don't know. Um, I think you give Arteta another year, yeah. Um, I, I think he'll prove to be a good manager still. Yeah, I will say there is one man free agent manager out there right now. Uh, Mourinho to Arsenal. Mourinho uh, to Arsenal, my God. I think that would be, be the terrifying. shittest shit show. Yeah, he'd ever. never. That would. That's never. That could just never happen. Never. Yeah, it would never work. No, they hate um, him. He hates them. There you go. Yeah. Um. I. I don't think he's out unless he wants to leave. Um. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Arsenal are like a conundrum because, I mean, for years and years they were like, LOL fourth place Arsenal, but. The last five years, they've been like, LOL, seventh place Arsenal. Um, they, yeah, I mean, they are genuinely just a mid-table side now. I mean, a mid-table in the sense that there's, I think in the Premier League, there's two types of mid-table. There's the usually West Ham and Newcastle mid-table, which is 10, 10th to 14th or 15th, you know. And then there's the mid-table of like 10th to 7th or 7th to 11th kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's they're, yeah. they're, they're that kind of mid-table team. They're just they're European just not good. challenging mid table. Yeah, yeah, they're just not good anymore, and their owners are terrible. And they've announced that they're not going to sell and the club, and so that means that this club is going to fade away. I think it's. I I think this is pretty much irreversible. Yeah, um, I believe 
Thierry Henry today said something along those lines, like if if the club's not sold, they're going to be a a bog standard, like a true mid table side, um, yeah. and then just keep slipping down and down and down. He said um, he said he doesn't recognize his Arsenal anymore. Like that's not my Arsenal, yeah. which is I mean obviously true, but yeah, I mean I don't know I don't know what they. I don't know. I, I hate Arsenal fans. Um, so I think this is really funny. Uh, I, I think this is what they deserve for being so horrible for the past how long? You know, the way they treat Arsene Wenger, the way they treat their own players, the you know, the 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 entitlement. It's a it's a reality call. It's a it's a wake up call and you know that that's you you have what you deserve, frankly. Yeah, um, talking about getting what they deserve. Uh, let's talk about Liverpool one, Newcastle one. Mm. Um, this match. The first thing I want to talk to you about it is before football was even kicked. Um, right. Klopp's pre-game comments, uh, which have seen him get a lot of criticism, including from you know people who are usually pretty gung-ho about Liverpool no matter what kind of form they're in um like the likes of like Jamie Carragher was calling him out and uh oh wow really all these guys I didn't see this what Um, happened the comment pre-match he was basically like like the fans keep talking about the ESL and like you just want to talk and talk and talk about it like it's time to stop talking about it um like it's done that's it um but so, like, Jamie Carragher was like, yeah, that's really disappointing. Um, like, I thought he was a different kind of guy to this. Um, so, yeah. Uh, He's had a tough time. Cut him some slack. They, yeah. You know. Pretty much everyone was like, it's really weird. Like, 48 hours after he had a decent comment on the ESL, he's like, okay, now it's time to stop talking about it. Like, let's just get on with it. Um but this match, uh, the entire first half was a lot of Liverpool either long shots or mm. trying to, um, you know, pass the ball into the net, um, yeah. like walk it in, um, which, of course, gets called as Liverpool dominance. Um, yeah, they scored, but of all the shots they had, most of them were off target. Um, most of them did not amount to anything. Um, there were some nice chances and there were some good saves, but largely this game was Liverpool wasting chances. Um, right. The in the second half, uh, totally switched. Uh, throughout the first half, the Liverpool had no midfield at all. Um, Newcastle were destroying them through the middle. Uh, after halftime, Liverpool decide to fix this. They bring on James Milner. They take off an attacker. All of a sudden, Newcastle can't play down the middle. However, Liverpool can't attack at all, and this just allows Newcastle to get forward and forward and forward. And it all culminates in a stoppage time absolute madness. Yeah. Um, the Newcastle would equalize for the first time uh, when ASM slid through Wilson. Um, he bundles the ball into the back of the net. VAR overrules this and says handball. Fair. That's 100%. It touched his hand. The rule is if it touches his hand, even if his hand is suctioned to the side of his body, um, it is a no goal. However, 
he only handballs this because Trent Alexander and Arnold uh, shoves him into the ball. Uh, so if VAR looks at this and says it's a handball and no goal, surely they have to see that like Trent does not attempt to play the ball, just shoves Wilson yeah. forward into the ball. Um, I thought it was a really poor decision because of that. Um, I think like VAR's purpose is to overturn clear and obvious errors, which we can argue about how uh, an unintentional handball is not a clear and obvious error, but missing a two-handed shove certainly is an error. Yeah. Um, yeah sure. So whatever, Newcastle fans were furious um, at this, and I'm still upset about it. Uh, but less than two minutes later, um, Matt Ritchie, who, you know, he has, after his fallout with Bruce, he has played yeah. three matches and he has three assists. So um, he pumps the playing. ball in in like the 95th minute. Um, uh, it bounces around in the box, drops to the feet of Joe Willick, who for the third match in a row scores a game winner or an equalizer. Um, which is just a absolutely mad, um, you know, little coincidence that he scored three straight late game winners yeah. or game point point savers. We'll call. I'm, inter- them. I'm interested to to hear from you after this um, what you think about him because I put that question to you when he first arrived and you weren't particularly pleased just because you 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 also needed other movement, but that that was who you got. So yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Newcastle scored in the 95th minute. Um, it was certainly uh, karma uh, because Willick's shot was heavily deflected by Fabinho, um, who had a calamitous second half. Um, I think there was this incident with ASM where ASM pushed the ball around him um, and Fabinho just ignores the ball and lowers his shoulder into ASM. Yeah. Um, and it brings up this like... D- are professional fouls against the spirit of the game? Um, which I think, yes. Um, but like, is that a red card offense? No. Um, I think it's a red is like too harsh and a yellow is not harsh enough because it's, you know, right. against the spirit of the game and people want to see goals and people want to see counterattacking. Um, so I wrote in my notes, uh, bring in the sin bin. Uh, Ooh, because I like that. what a shit show it would be if the <laughs> Premier League decided to adopt a sin bin. Yeah. Um I would love it though. It would be like absolute chaos. Mm. Um but um so inevitably uh his deflected shot goes in, so that's what he gets for taking down ASM. Uh and while it was justice that we equalized, um, you know, both goals should have stood, so should have been a two one win for Newcastle. But you asked me what my opinion on Joe Willick is. Yeah. Um First, he is our only midfielder who is fast, other than Matty Longstaff. Um, so he's extremely valuable when we press, and pressing is the most... We play our best football when we press. So, yeah. one, he's good for that. Two, uh, he makes the runs into the box, which we don't have any midfielder who does that at all. Um, like No one wants to get forward in the Newcastle midfield. Um, three, he has phenomenal spirit, uh, in the post match, Steve Bruce called him a super sub 
and he was like very visibly upset that Steve Bruce called him a super sub. And he's like, no, I'm not a super sub. I'm too good to be a super sub. I should be starting every single match, um, which like good for him. He should. He's mm. probably the, the second or third best midfielder at Newcastle right now. So right. of course he should start every match. He should definitely start over Shelby, um, which is the position he should be starting in. Like that's his position. Um, but he's great. He does. He's a very specific type of player. He is good at tackling for a midfielder. Oh, okay. um, he's not uh, Isaac Hayden, but he no. is very good at tackling players. Getting up, turning with the ball, carrying it a few forward, getting it to an attacker, and then arriving late in the box. Once you start asking him to you know, be in these like pass-heavy motions and all that, uh, he's a much worse player. Um, but he's very good at like winning the ball back, getting it up the field, and then getting up the field with those players. Um, so at times, he looks like a great player. For the 25 million pounds that he's being quoted at, yeah, one, we point. don't have 25 million. No. Um, I don't think he's worth 25 million, but right. that is the price you have to pay for a 21-year-old English yeah, he's so yeah, young. Talent. Yeah, he's, he's um, so yeah, I like Joe Willock. I like his mentality. I like him. Yeah. At, I like the post conference uh, or post match conference being like, "No, I'm not a super sub." Um, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, he's like obvious. His quote was a little nicer than that. He was basically like, "Yeah, like of course, like I like to do these things that are good for the squad, and yeah, like it's important to yeah. win points, but." I'm not a super sub. Don't call yeah. me a super sub. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, no one like, wants to get pinned. Which is, that. yeah, yeah. It um, it comes after the past few matches. Steve Bruce, he said, he was like, "Well, I've been trying to get Joe Willock for a few years. Like, whatever club I'm at, I've always tried to get Joe Willock because um, I thought he was a fantastic yeah. player." Um, and uh, he said. He's the type of player you want to build a team around, uh, which is really weird because he doesn't start for Newcastle. Um, yeah. And if he's a player you want to build a team around, surely he should be playing 90 minutes. Um, yeah. But whatever, Steve Bruce says things that they're not grounded in reality. They are yeah, this... True. I don't know what he talks about 90% of the time. Um, but 1-1... One, one, um, yeah, uh, it's the exact scoreline I predicted. Uh, Liverpool are shit. Uh, they were terrible in the second half. Newcastle deserved the win. Unfortunate not to get all three points. But another point, jumping a tiny little half step above the relegation spot. So um, we can talk about relegation picture in a second. Uh, then... Sorry, this, this talk is going to get pretty sad right here. Uh, we have to talk about Chelsea's 1-0 win versus West Ham. Yeah, uh, I didn't even watch this one. First time, I think first time I haven't watched West Ham, possibly, something like that. In, uh, yeah. Ever? No, 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 in the, this season, this season. Um, I was going to say that's really impressive. No, ever? Um, hell no, no. I have, I, yeah, we never used to be able to watch West Ham. Anyway, please. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, yeah, but when both our clubs were in the championship and uh, there's just like no way to watch championship football ever. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, you know, first things first, um, West Ham should have had a penalty. Uh, Thomas Suchek shot. It, ha- it hits Aspie's arm. You can claim that Aspie didn't have time to react, but one, I, I think it's edging that border of where he has enough time to pull his arm back. And two, his arm's definitely making the frame of his body larger. And I think he sort of leans into the shot. So with cool. everything being given as a handball penalty nowadays, I'm kind of surprised this one wasn't. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Definitely not West Ham's day because this didn't go their call. This call didn't go their way. And then uh, Timo Werner scored, which, cool people. you know, yeah. You know you're a shit club when Timo Werner scores against you. Um, sorry. West Ham are having a phenomenal season, but man, that was ugly. Yeah. Uh, but there's only one talking point of this match. No one cares that Timo Werner scored um, like his third goal of the season or whatever for 80 million pounds. Uh, the Balbuena red card, I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure you've seen it's been rescinded. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's been rescinded. Uh, which I saw just a few hours ago. Um, yeah, I mean, so that's that's twice now that we've had these like terrible red card uh, decisions because obviously the Socek one was insane as well, and that was overturned. Um, was it overturned or am I crazy? It was. Yes, it was overturned. It was. Um, yeah, no, I know what I'm talking about. It's okay. Um, so look, the the Balbuena red was uh, essentially uh, clearing the ball. Um, and then getting sent off for uh, the contact he made after the follow-through and when he cleared the ball. So this wasn't even like he sort of scraped the ball with his foot and smacked someone on the thigh. Was it Azpilicueta? I think it was. Um, it, this was Chilwell. Balbuena. Oh, it was Chilwell. Thank you. This was Balbuena full, full-blooded, like hoofing the ball clear down the pitch. And then on the follow-through, catching Chilwell on the thigh. And then I think he was sent off um so he was given a straight red for either violent conduct or reckless endangerment yep. um con- violent conduct yeah which is just i mean all 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 types of wrong right i mean it was it was a rotten decision because to me it's like where is he meant to put his foot right where is he meant to is he meant to i don't know what 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 do they expect and this is the issue i think with right now with VAR when you slow these things down clearly it it makes the referees like kid themselves into thinking that these players in incidences like these have more control over themselves if you slow it down it looks like it's very intentional but if you just speed it up if you just watch it in real time what what else is Balbuena meant to do I mean look it's a it's a really bad decision and I guess the the appeal like rules are there for stuff like this, and you know we want we we weren't ever going to beat Chelsea, pretty much, and we weren't as good as them, and this didn't affect the game. But you know, I, I just don't don't know what they're playing at. Um, I really don't, and it was a silly decision, and it's, I yeah, I I I I don't even know what to say about it other than that, just stupid. Yeah, um, part of me wonders what this call would be if uh, the London Stadium was filled with true fans. Um, I'm sure it's like a lot harder to make this call when you have fans in the stadium, what, six yeah. West Ham fans booing you. Yeah. Um, but 
I thought this is one of the ones where I like, I think it's like a foul on Ben chill or a foul from Ben Chilwell. Uh, oh, interesting. Because you don't give Belbuena a place to land. You're essentially sliding in underneath his foot. Um, which also another talking point, Chilwell is throwing his body in there to try to block the clearance, which I mean, he's allowed to do. Um, but it's not like Balbuena initiates anything uh, except contact with the ball. But um, I do think like not giving a player an area to land is a foul, um, right? Which it's like a super important rule in uh, basketball because there used to be this horrible problem where if you wanted a player out of the game, you would just stand where he's supposed to land when he comes down. Um, I know there are a ton of rolled ankles and everything um yeah but th- that's essentially what happened chillwell slides in under balbuena uh, and that's I, it that's interesting i mean look um, i don't even think this is just not even a thing like chillwell's just trying to get the ball balbuena's just clearing the ball uh, what, what a just what a absolutely it, honestly it's it's decisions like that that do make me think that there is something with the way that english referees are trained seriously because, like, I just don't understand what is going on there. It just, it literally makes no sense. It just makes no sense. So, this would not happen in the Bundesliga. It wouldn't happen in La Liga. It wouldn't happen in Serie A. Like, it, and it happens in the Premier League, and I don't know why. Yeah. Um, there are not many things that the MLS does better than the Premier League, but by far, refereeing, the standard is so much higher in the US. Um, it's actually something really nice about the MLS is like one, how quick VAR calls are Two, yeah. uh, they're not so letter of the law. Like, because yeah. the Premier American League is refs, insisting it is. American refs are really well trained. They, they know what they're doing. And, and you know, they've, they have more, you know, they have more uh, experience with video assistant stuff and explaining, you know, because refs have to explain every decision they make, right? Especially in basketball. You yeah. should make the referees in, in the UK do that, or just in football do that. So they yeah. No, I'd love to see like mic'd up. Yeah, mic'd up refs. And like Mike Dean, he would just that. he wouldn't be he would he wouldn't last a second because he wouldn't even be able to explain right because he basically referees on instinct and he has a terrible egotistical instinct, which is <laughs> anyway. Sorry, uh, that's what, what I think about this. <clears throat> yeah, so, no, it's a a whole mess. Supposedly, there's big sweeping changes. We'll see what. Yeah, they keep saying that, actually, and they really they need to because people are just getting so jaded. Um. Yeah, I mean, there were many matches this past match day that were sort of defined by these non these either calls or non calls. Um, but uh, that's enough VAR talk. Uh, we have a battle at the bottom coming up Mm. next sheffield united and brighton which saw sheffield united get only their second or sorry their fifth win of the season um in my head it's the second because they never win but they beat us um they beat newcastle so they defeated brighton one nil in a massively important match um i have two questions for you about this Okay. One, uh, David McGoldrick, does he leave Sheffield United in the summer, and where does he go? 
Um, I would say no, he doesn't leave. I think he's gone on record saying how much he appreciates Sheffield United for what they did for his career. And he's 33, very old. Um, I think he will stay. But yeah, seven goals in the Prem. Nice for him. But I, I think the championship is probably his, you know, he should he should stick around. I, I yeah. I think his contract is up in twenty two, but I, I think they'll just give like give him a one year extension and I think he should just stay and yeah, he'll stay. Okay, that's fair. Um and my final question for you about this is um how relegation threatened are Brighton actually? Oh, uh this season? Yes. I think not uh, just because of how poor the other teams have been. They've only won seven games. The bottom three have now won five games each. Um, we all talk a lot about how Brighton are underachieving, which if you look at the numbers is true. Um, I, they're not above criticism. They have been very bad this season. Um, very, very bad. Uh, but I cannot see them being dragged in. I think Fulham have too difficult of an ending. Um, and Brighton will probably pick up points here and there in the next three games. Um, City and Arsenal to end it isn't amazing. Well, I guess Arsenal is another story, but I can see them picking up points against us. They always do. And our season is rapidly petering out. Wolves are dreadful. Leeds, you never know. So, yeah, better running than Fulham. But I, it's not... It, it's not out of the realms of possibility, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I kind of think, like, it's not... It, it, they're a strange team. Mm. They're too good to go down, but at the same time, they're, like, horrendous. Um, and yeah. they're super frustrating to watch, um, which is strange because they're very likable. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't think they're going down. I think the bottom three are kind of cemented. Um, it just, it would take so much for Brighton to go down. The, the gap is seven. It's just a seven point swing this late in the season is so difficult. Yeah. Um, as much as, you know, Fulham are kind of in the same boat as Brighton. They're very fun to watch. Um, Mm. they just, no, Fulham have lost. I think I think the difference here is that Fulham have now lost their hope, which is, sounds dramatic, but genuinely, I think just so many 96-minute equalizers or 95th-minute losses, they've lost all hope now. And so I think that they just won't be able to get... But then, I don't know. I mean, two lucky wins for Fulham, two, lucky loss, two unlucky losses for Brighton, and suddenly the, the gap is one point. And so it's a different story. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Um, I, yeah, I agree with you. Brighton will probably stay up. Um, we also saw this match day, uh, Burnley obliterate Wolves in a match that could have been six nil. Um, Burnley were pressing phenomenally, um, which is like not something you expect to, to say. Um, they were. I watched the highlights of this. They were so good. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah, um, it amazing. It really just makes you wonder, like, if Burnley can pull these types of performances out uh-huh. every once in a while, and they do, maybe once every eight matches, they do something like this. Yeah. What What is 
like what are they doing that they can't play nicer football all the time um it, and you yeah. and i texted privately um about all of burnley's problems um about how old they are uh, they're like in the worst area in england for a premier league team like you're never going to attract any superstars um it's a, a sort of a sad story because um, yeah. they're actually, you know, one of the football league founders. So, yeah, I know. Yeah, the 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 region itself has been so hit by the like, you know, the shift in in industry. And, and yeah, um, I think Burnley, I, I, I just was sort of going off of that a bit um, there. It also like poses to me the question like well what can sean dyche do right with with you know uh proper players or uh, players in a different who sort of cater to a different system because they were so free-flowing yes uh the other day that i was just left thinking like well i mean you've got to give props to to dyche for that setup right and for the for the tactics there i thought that was really interesting and if he you know i mean i i guess if if you're um another premier league club and you're looking around for a manager um I guess maybe you you look at that performance from that Bernie side and think, oh, maybe Sean Dyche can do some other stuff with with different players. I just thought that was intriguing. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, before we move on, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, the 2011-2012 Leicester City side, which as their three strikers were... Actually, I'll, I'll give you a chance to guess this. Who were uh, Leicester's three strikers in 2011 2012 um oh. one of them is still with Leicester. so vadi yep and then why would i bring it up now why would you bring it up now i don't know billy sharp never played for Leicester, did he nope so david nugent must have been one of them no, uh, he was, but I'm not talking about him. Okay, so wait, no, I can, I can get this, I can get this. So, okay, wait, no, I'm confused. Oh, sorry, I had my year off. 2012, 2013. Okay, 2012, so, so 2012, 2013. Yeah, okay. So Jamie Vardy. So is Nugent mm -hmm. still there? He, is he he's. There? I'm sure he was one of them. But I'm not talking okay. about him. Okay, okay, okay. So I think what I'm gonna get this is great podcasting. No, I'm gonna get this. Okay, so uh, Jamie Vardy, Chris Wood. Yep, Chris and Wood Harry, and Harry Kane. And, yep, Harry Kane, who are in the top five uh, goals scored, all three of them. Oh, so. that is cool. I like that. I like that. Yeah, Chris um, Wood. Used yeah, to play them. I forgot. I forgot. Uh, Chris Wood has had he's like, played for West Brom clubs. Well. Yeah. Yeah, he's played for everybody. Yeah. Um, Interesting career. Okay. Yeah, that's enough. Way too much. Any, <laughs> any time longer than a minute talking about Burnley is too long talking about Burnley. Um, there was a nil-nil uh, Leeds-Manchester United draw. Um, terrible match. Yes, Just really bad. One of the ones I can't believe I watched. Um, there was a thrilling 2-2 draw between Villa and West Brom which saw probably the worst defending uh, in the, like the worst stoppage time defending maybe I've ever seen mm. leading up to Villa's equalizer. Uh, 
the ball is essentially floating between uh, Johnston and Bartley, uh, and neither one of them want to claim it, and Keenan Davis just pops in and pokes it in. Yeah. Um, which, like, I mean, sure. Uh, I think West Brom statistically are like 99.99% relegated already. But, yeah. like, how can you do that? Like, that is, like, if you want to have any hope, if you want to have a hope for the most miraculous survival ever, yeah. uh, and then you, like, you know, shit the bed with a horribly defended goal. But I guess this is what, this is why they're in 19th. Um, so. Uh, yeah, Keenan it was Davis just heartbreak. For... Finally, with his first Premier League goal, finally. I like him. He's yeah. a big kid. He is. He's massive. He's um not that young anymore. He's he's already twenty three, and he's never played for uh like in his senior career anyone other than Villa. And he's like barely. I mean, I mean, I think he's made like around seventy appearances for them in five years, but like has not scored. Like yeah, I think he has like three or four goals or something stupid. So I just, yeah, it's it's very interesting that they keep him around, like not to sound harsh, but it's just like, you know, kind of how, how is he around still? But I mean, they gave him a huge contract extension last, last uh, summer. So yes, they really like him. I, I really like him too. Um, I think he's, yeah. he's, he's fun to watch. Uh, slight tangent. Uh, mm. Newcastle played, uh, Aston Villa today in the youth FA cup uh, and got pumped seven one, but uh, yeah, it was horrible. Um, We were down two nil within seven minutes um, and it never stopped. Uh, But uh, Aston Villa have a center back. uh, He was like six foot three and then like 190 pounds. Uh, And I thought it was Keenan Davis. Uh, I was like, damn, like they got Kenyon Davis starting for their U18s. That's pretty messed up. Like, come on, like put out, at least yeah. put out your kids against us. And then I realized it was just some massive defender. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, he scored for them. So shout yeah. out. Uh, his last name is like Appia or something. Um, Interesting. Oh, Appia. Isn't he really highly rated? Uh, like, I think he's yeah, diff- different Appia. Oh, different. Wait, who am I thinking of? There was the Arsenal youngster, Appia. Oh, okay. This is the ex-Chelsea youngster, Appia. Interesting, interesting. Same spelling. Paul Appia. 18. And then, yeah, finally, um, Leicester City uh, beats Palace 2-1 in a relatively entertaining match. Um, Not a ton of talking points. Um, Crystal Palace are sort of just floating. Yeah. Um, Like, they know they're not going to get relegated. And they sort of don't care. So, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, Crystal Palace, they're kind of like Burnley. Who knows where they stand in the Premier League? Um, very strange club right now. Who yeah, knows what they're going to cool. do? We'll talk about them in the off season. Yeah. Um, we'll dive a little deeper. Yeah, it's going to be some interesting but, uh, deep dives in the off season. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, certainly a conundrum right now because. I don't know what to make of Crystal Palace. They seem like they don't care. Ever. Like they, they seem like they checked out yeah, in January. I know. I know. Um, well, under Hodgson, they're just which, not going to get relegated, right? But they're just not going to do anything else. So, <clears throat> Yeah, I suppose. But sometimes they're so nice. 
Mm. I'm like, mm. they got to do it. Okay. Oscar, say, well, let's make some predictions, and then I've got some questions for you. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, i got to step up my predictions game, huh? Um, yeah, most right. certainly. I'm ready. Southampton, Leicester City. I will go for a Leicester City win. I think Southampton will continue to be bad. I'll go 2-1, another 2-1 narrow victory for Leicester. Um, I'll, I'll go 2-0. Um, just try to beat you on the, the score line. Because I also think Leicester City will beat Southampton. Uh, Manchester City, Crystal Palace. Uh, yeah, this, well, midweek stuff, maybe. Oh, yeah. Guardiola is so afraid of Crystal Palace. Uh, he, he's always, because remember, they always like raise their game against City. And I can't really go for anything other than a um, City victory, 2 0 City. But I could see some random, like, dropped points yeah it's one of those ones where i wouldn't be surprised like man man said you don't have anything to play for in the premier league anymore um like they can't break a points record they can't break the goal scored record they can't do any of this stuff and they're like what 99 percent on for the yeah the title um hold on i have the they have a greater than 99% chance of finishing first place. Um, yep. So, yeah. Man City, 3-0. Um, just trying to beat you on the score. Uh, Brighton leads. Brighton leads. Hopefully it won't be another dead rubber. 2-2. Um, Bold. Bold prediction. I will go Brighton. One nil. Oh, I like that. Um, yeah, actually, that's a that's a bad. I go one 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 one. I'm gonna go t- two one. Um, I just realized I wrote down that Leeds won't score, uh, which you know, I mean, they had a nil nil this past weekend, so maybe. But yeah, yeah. okay, Chelsea Fulham. Um, one nil Chelsea. I will actually go for the draw because yeah, I could see that happening. I could see that happening. All right, Chelsea suck. Uh, yeah, that's it. And Fulham will be fighting tooth and nail. They're, they're going to try to stay up. Yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. I think Chelsea just never concede. So, yeah. It's like 30 clean sheets uh, for them now, I think, in all comps this season. That's that's pretty nuts. Yeah, it is. Um, 17 under Tuchel. 17. Sorry. Oh, he's only been in church for like 25 matches. Yeah, I know. It's so. insane. It's insane. Everton Villa? Yeah, I know um, for... Oh, sorry. Yeah, for a while, the only two goals he had conceded, uh, both were own goals, maybe? There's something like oh, that. Really? In his first Funny. eight matches, yeah, the only two he conceded were own goals. Uh, it was something crazy like that. Okay, yeah. Everton Villa. Um, I think Everton will dispatch them 3-1. I'm backing them. I'll go a draw, the 1-1. I never predict draws, so I got to stick them in here somewhere. Uh, Newcastle Arsenal. Arsenal away. Arsenal not very good. Newcastle. Joe Willett can't come on for you and score though. Um, I still don't think you're very good, but neither are Arsenal. Should I go for a draw? One-one draw. Kind of boring though. Mm. I don't know, Blake. I don't know. Um. Ah. Uh. 1-1. One, 1-1 one. One, one draw. I think Arsenal just have all their uh, eggs in the Europa League basket. 
Um, I will say Arsenal always have Newcastle's number. They always thrash us. Interesting. Um, so I'll go three one Arsenal. It's Newcastle are like if you have a player who's out of form, play them against Newcastle and you'll be fine. True. Um, it's one of those things like every player who's in bad form scores against us. Yeah. Um, all right, Manchester United, Liverpool. I know what I'm predicting. Manchester United versus Liverpool. Yeah, um, I think I was a nil-nil is a very good um, prediction for this. Neither have no United. Do they do they play Europa League this week? I'm trying to do this strategically. United are exhausted. You know what, Blake? Liverpool are terrible, but I'm gonna go for. So am I crazy? I'll go for a Liverpool win. 2-1? Maybe 1-0 would be better. I'll go for a 2-1 Liverpool win. I think United are so exhausted. So exhausted. And it shows. Liverpool will also at this point be like super angry. But yeah, you're right. It's going to be 0-0 because it always is. Um, yeah, it's the only uh, big six clash. 0-0. Yeah. All right, Tottenham, Sheffield United. Uh, Spurs will beat them like 3-0, I think with Kane and Son, and they're just so desperate to try and get top four. Yeah, um, I'll go 3-1. Just try to beat you on the score. I, what does Sheffield United have to live for? So. Yeah. Um, West Brom and Wolves. This will be a dreadful game. This is a, game. a fake derby, right? Very fake, but yes. Um, ooh, uh, I could see West Brom winning this one, you know. I'll go... What if it's just like a random... 3-1 West Brom. Why not? Wacky score. 1-1, one, one, baby. I think... I think, I think oh, Brom actually... I'll, I'll go... One, I accidentally typed in 25-1. But 1-2. Uh, uh, Wolves win. 1-2. Nice, nice. And now your beloved Irons. Always predict a draw. I'll go for a 1-1 one, one draw. I think we'll lose, though. I think our season is coming to an end and Burnley always get a result against us. You know, whatever. Cut me open, look in my veins. You'll see iron Claret. running Claret. or whatever. Whatever Claret. you West Ham fans yeah, say. You're always um, backing us. We appreciate it. Newcastle I feel bad because I, I never say Newcastle going to win. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle's is like, uh, cut me open, I'll never bleed red. Um, because oh, yeah. Sunderland. Sunderland. That makes um, sense. Yeah. But no other club has a good a good version of that. Um, but yeah, 2-1 win for West Ham. Come on, you Irons. When we inevitably get oh, yeah. relegated, I'll have to support West Ham. So Yeah. Um, and we're not a bad club to support. Kindred spirits, I think, uh, West Ham fans and, and Newcastle fans in, in many ways. Yeah, um, sort of. A lot of Newcastle fans have, I guess, warm feelings towards West Ham um, because there have been so many important matches yeah. for Newcastle against West Ham that have gone our way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like the like 2014, uh, winning on the final day to stay up, um, like against West Ham. Um, so like West Ham aren't hated because. It's not like you guys were rooting for us to go down or uh, beat us or anything, but you guys were there and we played you. Um, plus, it's always a good match. 
Uh, two games played, six points available. Newcastle got six points from West Ham this year. So, um, you know, I guess that's the one thing I can hang my hat on this year. Um, there was actually only two clubs Newcastle did a double over, um, and it's West Ham and Everton. So, yeah, yeah, nice. Take it, take it, what you will. Okay, I got some questions for you. All right, I'm very excited. Um, as always. this player, yep, you'll get him 100. Okay, all right. Um, he is actually, I, I will say one thing if you know the answer. Tell me who you think it is. If you don't know the answer, ask me like to keep that. going. Okay. Okay. Uh, he is probably most famous in our generation. Okay. For his card in FIFA. Okay. Do you know who it is? M&EK? No. Um, okay. For similar reasons as M&EK. But, uh, oh, uh, no. Okay. I'll get that. I'll get that. Keep going. Just don't say so his name. Yet. He's, he started at Mimosas, uh, which is a great club name, uh, before joining Timodi, Beveron in Belgium, before Le Mans, Lille, and then his big money move in 2011 to Arsenal for 11 million pounds. Um, he then would go to Roma for three years, China for two years before joining this club. Oh, I don't, Do you I know don't. who I'm talking about? I don't. I don't. I'm talking about Gervais Yao Kouassi, also known as Gervinho. Oh, of course. I didn't know that was his full name. Um, yeah, I know where Gervinho is. He's at Parma. He is a monster for Parma. He is an incredible player. Um, so fun. Parma are getting relegated this season, but so I don't know what's going to happen to him. He's definitely not going to go to uh, to what's it called to to Serie B. But, Serie um, B. Yeah. Do you know that he famously uh, despises Arsene Wenger? That's really interesting. And uh, Arsene Wenger you know hated why? him. Uh, just like he. Kn- uh, he says that he was treated like terribly by Wenger, basically. Um, never had any confidence in him, never spoke to him. Um, and he's saying like, so Jovino was always like, as a child, I dreamt of playing for uh, Arsenal and Arsene Wenger like killed my dream, basically. Or like ruined my dream because it was so terrible. So not great. Wow. Yeah, kind of sad. I think he scored for he scored against Newcastle uh in that 4-4 Newcastle Arsenal match. Oh, really? Um interesting. But I know he he was also sent off um cuz I think he punched G- it might have been Joey Barton, which you know, which is deserved, probably deserved. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um it was either Joey Barton or Steven Taylor or one of those guys. Um that's like my big memory of him in the prem. Um, but he's an interesting player to talk about as like a, a failed wonder kid because mm-hmm. you could the two huge club he's clubs he's been at 
um, Arsenal, he scored nine in 46. And mm. Roma, he scored 17 in 71. Um, although he's a winger. Um, although he's always applied his trade as a goal scoring winger. Yeah. Um, he, so you could argue his, you know, five years at the big clubs in the peak of his career, he didn't live up to it. But if you look any other club he's been to, when he was at Lille, they won the league. They won the French Cup. Um, he scored every other match um, in China. We can ignore that season. Uh, and yeah. then Parma, he's, you know, he scores once every three matches. I so know, yeah. In a terrible everywhere, team, so. Except the huge clubs, he's been a decent goal scorer. Um, and plus for the Ivory Coast national team, scores once every four matches. So Ridiculous. Yeah, plus he's cool. Um, he's one of the players who I, uh, I like. I learned of him through FIFA, but not because of Ultimate Team, like most people, but because of FIFA, the the World Cup edition of FIFA when it was like a separate game. Yeah. Um, and I would always play as the Ivory Coast, um, and they had this player named Yao Kwasi, and so oh. I was like, oh, this guy Yao Kwasi, he's got so much pace. Um, and then like six years later, I learned that he's the same guy as Jovino. So interesting. Wow. I do. Yeah. I never knew. I never knew that that was his name. So, wow. I always remember, okay. um, yeah, sorry. It's no, him and uh, Jonathan Biabiani. Do you remember Jonathan Biabiani? Yes. Um, all, who yeah. also played for Parma. Who also played for Parma and they, they uh, overlapped and you could play them on either wing and it was like, completely broken because Biabiani was famously like one of the fastest players in the world in his prime. I wonder what he's up to nowadays. He uh, plays I bet in, you he's playing in Turkey. No, he, no, he's, he's sort of not, he's playing very low level now. So Segunda Division B, the third tier of Spanish football, which is Fernando. Yeah, very low. But I mean, he, he had that, those heart problems. So I think, I mean, yeah. he plays in Cadiz, which is like, yeah, Nice place An unreal place to live. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's basically yeah, he's just like semi-retirement at this point. He, he had a, a good career. I mean, you know, I was, I was reflecting the other day on this. So to my understanding, like in American sports, especially basketball and definitely the NFL, there's this better understanding of like, okay, players will have like a seven to 10 year career, like, or, you know, under a decade in, in, in like the top elite sort of actually playing professional sport. And I feel like we don't have that similar sense in football. We expect players to, to the, the the best players, right, in the top two two tiers of of elite football, to be playing for a good fifteen years, like re, like semi regularly, or like be be able to do that. And I was just reflecting on that, how strange that is, just because of the demands that elite sport places on the body. And we sort of dismiss these players that have maybe like a, a decade-long career or an eight-year-long career um, playing very good level and sort of think, oh, what happened to them? Um, yeah, I don't know what you think about that, but I was just like thinking about that the other day. I think it's interesting. Um, it, I wonder if it's something to do with like there's so much more money in American yeah. sports. Um, right. And that players, you know, they make so much money that they say, well, like I can... You know, I have the ability to retire at age 30 and, sure. you know. And not put myself through this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, plus, like, uh, American sports are a lot more physically demanding. Um, you, like, there's so much emphasis placed on strength and conditioning, um, more so than, uh, like, right. So, I don't know how it compares from European soccer to, or European football to American soccer. Um, but I know, like, in basketball, a lot of international players who come to the U.S. like hate playing in the NBA, even though they have the chance to make so much money. Um, yeah, it's like uh, they talk about like all we do is like we just work out all day. Like we're lifting weights all day. Yeah, we, we yeah, play basketball yeah. for an hour. Um, yeah, it's like whereas when I played for Real Madrid, we played basketball for six hours yeah. a day. Yeah, um, which is fun, and yeah. we did it two times a week, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so yeah. Who knows? Um, I think it's probably. I would be willing to, in my totally uninformed opinion, that a big reason is because there's so much emphasis on the strength and conditioning yeah. that you like have to put your body through absolute hell for eight years. Um, yeah. Whereas, like, there's a lot of football football clubs. They they're on the pitch four times a week. Um, which is like unheard of in American sports. So, yep. Um, okay. I got some more questions for you. Um, they are inspired by the ESL. Um, and as a result, I'm looking back into the history of English top tier soccer um, or association football. Uh, so, as you know, the Football League was founded in 1888. Um, miraculously, all 12 clubs are not, uh, you know, bankrupt, gone under, wow. disbanded, um, renamed. All 12 are still around and in the top four English divisions, English divisions, cool. except okay. for Knotts County. Knotts okay. County are in the fifth division. Hmm. Um, can you tell me? Well, one, I'd be really impressed if you could guess. Six of the clubs, but I reckon I, uh, you know what, Blake, I reckon I can name all of them. Okay, take it. Accrington Stanley. Yep. Blackburn. Well, okay. Accrington, we're not Accrington Stanley at the time. Oh, okay. Accrington. Accrington. Yep. Okay. Accrington, Blackburn, Rovers. Yes. Derby County. Yep. Everton. Yep. Oak. Yep. Preston North End. They won the league in the first year. Um, lots of Midlands and Black Country clubs. West Brom. Mm-hmm. Wolves. Yep. Bolton. Yes. Aston Villa. Did I say them? Yep. No, you Burnley. did not say them. You're at 10. Burnley? Yep. yep. You got one more. Uh, and I already said their name. Notts County. Yep, Notts County. That's I did 12. it. Can you, yeah, there we go. can you tell yeah. me which of those 12 clubs finished rock bottom in 1888? Oh, that's a good one. No. Uh, I will go... Yes, you can. I can? Villa. Think about it. No, 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 no. Think, Think about, about like it. the most old school shit club Burnley? you can think of. Almost very Burnley esque. Uh, no, it is Stoke City. 
Stokes this um, year. Uh, Stokes. Yeah, they finished bottom on 12 points, although they were tied with Knotts County. Uh, wow. Preston North End won the league with 40 points, which is amazing. Wow. That um, is amazing. They won 18 of their 22 matches. Um, okay. So, uh, the Football League existed from 1888 to 1992. So, 104 years. Long, wow. time. Uh, long time. Who is the competition's top goal scorer? The Football Leagues? Yes. Oh, that's a cool question. I haven't even... Um... Uh, would I know this person? Probably not. I right. think a person like you would. Uh, but a person okay, okay. like me certainly doesn't. So I'll give you a hint. He yeah. played most importantly for uh, Tottenham in the 60s. Uh, Jimmy Greaves. Yep. And he played yeah. for West Ham for one year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you know how many goals he scored? He has something like he has something like uh four hundred four hundred That's all competitions. Four I don't know, four hundred twenty. No. Nice guess, but uh three hundred and fifty seven in the oh, wow. football league. Um, okay. He also played for AC Milan um, and in whatever the second division, whatever right. the football league second division was called. Um, uh, and he had, well, he was on the England World Cup winning side, um, but yeah, his yeah. England scoring record is 44 goals in 57 appearances. I know, I know. It's ridiculous. Which, it's that ridiculous. has to be other than like tiny clubs who they only play other or like tiny national teams that only play other tiny national teams. Yeah. That has to be one of the best ratios. Yeah, ridiculous. He played uh, for AC Milan as well. Yeah. yeah. 1961, the year they won the World Cup. Like the uh, year England won the World Cup. He was playing for AC Milan? No, no. He was playing for Tottenham when we when we won the World Cup. What year did they win the World Cup? 66. Okay, got it. I thought they won in 61. Um, it wasn't a World Cup in 61. Uh, I guess it was in 62. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, was actually injured during the 1966 World Cup. Oh, really? So he didn't play. Jeff Hurst was yeah, the striker. Yeah, Jeff Hurst. Um, okay, so that is my transition uh, that from the football league uh, nice. into the Premier League, uh, my fourth question for you is uh, the ninety two ninety three season was the first year it was called the Premier League, um, and it, you know we can talk about it was like a super league of itself. But can you tell me who in that first season finished rock bottom in the new Premier League? Um. Oh, this was on like a recent. Uh, it was one of those like lockdown things that I watched, which was going through like all the 
all the uh, all the leagues since since ninety two. Um, I don't think I will know this. Uh, no, I'm Maybe. gonna have to have a hint if I get it. Okay, wait. It's uh, a club very close to your heart. It's not West Ham, though. It's a club close to my heart. Is it? Yeah, close to your heart. Uh, you. Oh, uh, Forest. Yeah, Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Rock bottom with 40 points. The same amount of points wow. that Preston North End won the Football League with in the first year. Um, Did Man U win it? Yes, Manchester United thwomped their way to the title. Um, they just, you know, complete dominance. Mm. A plus 36 United? goal differential. No, that is a nice segue to my second question, oh, Oscar. Uh, neither West Ham nor Newcastle United were in the Premier League in its first season. We were in the uh, second tier. Um, the, but we were both promoted. Oh, so 93, 94 was our first season in the premier league. Uh, and this is a two part question. One, who was Newcastle's top scorer and what place did Newcastle finish in? In which season? 93, 94, 93, 94. Who was Newcastle's top scorer? Oh, come on, Oscar. Um, Andy Cole. Yep, Andy Cole yeah. with 34 goals. Um, oh. And do you know what position Newcastle ended in? Ooh, no. Uh, 12. I mentioned it on a podcast. 10th. A few podcasts, yeah. Nope, keep going up. up Third which place. Third, their Third. first first season up? First Yep, finished in third place. Whoa! Um, I didn't realize that was that's that astonishing. Was, yeah, that's why Newcastle are the greatest promoted club of all time. That's amazing! Um, wow! 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 They uh, had it was Andy Cole on thirty four. Um, I'm trying to think of who the other. There's another player who had like twenty one goals, and then there was another player who had. Some ungodly amount of goals. Um, Peter Beardsley scored 21. Andy Cole scored 34. And there was one other Was Les Ferdinand there with you yet? No. He was still at... He didn't come from Leeds. He came from... Was it Nottingham? Um, Queen's Park Rangers. QPR. Yeah, yeah, QPR. Where he currently is today. Um, but yeah, okay, second part of my question. Who was West Ham's top goal scorer, and what uh, position did they finish in? Come on. Uh, West Ham's top scorer in the 93-94 season. Uh, back then, who was prolific for us? Is that Trevor Morley era? Absolutely. Yeah, Trevor Morley. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, where did we he, finish? Yeah. Okay. I, um, 
I think I know. Okay. Um, I think I might know this. I think I might know this. I think. So. Did Manu win it again? No, sorry. Uh, I did. Yeah, Manu won it again, keep... right? They won it two twice in a row. Um, or am I crazy? No, I'm not crazy. Yes, it we finished Manu, Blackburn, Newcastle. We finished. I reckon our very common thirteenth. Well, it was thirteenth. Absolutely. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was 13th. Yep. Yeah. Which wow. is also the number of goals Trevor Morley had. Oh, that's that's nice. So few. Wow, that's. Yeah, this was like the 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 Premier League the way it was meant to be. There's some amazing club like uh, Wimbledon, like pre MK Dons, uh, Sheffield yeah. Wednesday, QPR, Coventry, Oldham, Swindon Town, Ipswich, some Blackburn. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Some amazing clubs in there. Yep. Um, okay. Oscar, do you have anything else? Um, I don't other than thanking you very much for doing all the heavy lifting this pod. I very much appreciate it. And to leave us a review and to follow us on Twitter at peak to early pod and follow Blake at B Munch, me at Oscar. And thanks as always for listening and we'll be back soon. Yes. See you all soon. Thank you. Stay safe. I'm standing. <laughs>